The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Ose Yao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumase, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory success and limitless prosperity god bless you as you listen malachi chapter 3 verse 8 to 12 malachi chapter 3 verse 8 to 12 will a man rob god will a man rob god say it again When you hear this scripture and you are a robber, you feel uncomfortable. But it's also one of the things that is in the Bible. He said, will a man rob God? It's a very serious question. You can put it, can a man rob God and go scot-free? That's what he's saying. Will a man rob God? And he says, though it's practically impossible to rob God, you have robbed me. But you see, it's easy to be robbed as a human being because you live amongst men. But God lives in heaven. And he says, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? If your neighbor is a thief and he steals from you, it's understandable. But look at where God's address is. And look at where you are seated. And you, you still have a way of robbing God. You are very powerful. He says, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me. Then he said, in what way have you robbed me? He said, in tithes and in offerings. In tithes and in offerings. Then he said, you are cursed with the curse. And this is what most people don't want to hear at all. You are cursed with... Then he said, even this whole nation. Then, if you want to be delivered from it, look at verse number 10. The curse is not my emphasis, but by the time I'm through, you understand that there's something even more dangerous than the curse. People are debating whether or not Titan brings curse or not. That's not my focus, but there is something that is more serious than the curse. The curse simply means you are empowered to fail. That's what the curse means. A curse means you are empowered to fail. And the blessing means you are empowered to succeed. That's the difference. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you, that there will not be room enough. Take note, I will pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive. Verse 11, he says, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. The fruit of your ground shall not be destroyed. There are some people, they labor when it's about to be harvested. Then something happens and everything is gone. Before the year ends, I will teach you how to identify a curse. When a curse is in operation, how do you identify it? 
God's, you see, there are a lot of things people don't understand. There are certain things when they occur, the Bible talks about certain reoccurring events. When they occur repeatedly, it's a pointer to a case and you must uproot it. Nor shall the vine destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 1, he says, and all nations will call you blessed. Can somebody shout an amen? amen. All nations will call you what? All nations will call you. All nations will call you. Says the Lord of hosts. For you will be a delightsome land. Says the Lord of hosts. You will be a child of favor. You will be a daughter of favor. Your business shall be favored. Your health shall be favored. In the name of Jesus. There's a mystery about the time. In fact, there is a mystery about giving in general. I don't know how to explain it, but many things may never happen in your life until you are a giver. Many things. Many things. There are people who hold money like this and they will go to hell. Because they won't let it go. You remember the rich fool. Zacchaeus decided to let go of money. Salvation came to him. I thought salvation is not bought. He let go of money and then he received salvation. Another person held on to money. And I don't know where he is today. That's why we are looking at giving, demonstrate your love for God. Somebody say giving. Demonstrate my love for God. Any claim of love for God without an addicted giving life is fake. If you claim you love God and you are not demonstrating that through your giving, you are fake. Well, so I laid some foundations about the tithe. Biblical foundations about the tithe. What you need to know about the tithe. I talked about it. Because there's a lot of confusion on social media. And all kinds of places. Certain renowned men of God. So to speak, tell the evangelists. Are deceiving people all over the place. And they are telling them all kinds of things. I gave you biblical foundations that will help you to straighten up your head. God never designed for you to chop everything. If you chop everything, you will die by heart. It's a risky business. It's a risky adventure. Even in life, those who chop everything end up as poor. Haven't you seen that? Anybody who eats everything that enters is and never ends up making ends meet ultimately. How much more the blessings of God? So we looked at foundations. And in order to appreciate this teaching, if you get my past teachings, it will help you that you don't quote me out of context. So, I did that and then I told you what you are supposed to give as a New Testament saint. As a child of the New Testament, those of us who say we don't believe in tithing, I agree with you. You should not tithe. You should give more than tithe. Tithe is 10% because Jesus did not give 10% of his blood to save you. He gave you much more. I'm going to show you how to tithe profitably. But before that, I will show you certain significance about the tithe. Certain spiritual significance. Why tithing is significant. The practice of tithing consistently. Whether it's 10% or more, the significance of it. Because some people don't know it. Why is it significant that you tithe? Number one. Ten things. I'm showing you ten things that happen every time you tithe. Every time you let go of your tithe, 10 things happen. 
Number one is that you demonstrate your gratitude and appreciation to God for all his benefits. Somebody say, my gratitude. Oh, shout louder, my gratitude. And appreciation to God for all his benefits. One of the cancers of the last days is that people will be ungrateful. If people are here to demonstrate ingratitude to you, wait, your turn will come. I say your turn, what? It doesn't look like a good prophecy, but it will come. When you are prepared for it, when it comes, you will not be disappointed. People will be ungrateful. As a pastor, I've seen it in many lives. But you see, you can be ungrateful to man and go scot-free. You can be ungrateful to God and go scot-free. When you show God that you are, you are not grateful, you cannot appreciate what he has done, you are risking your very life. The Bible said, blessed be God who daily loaded us with benefits. Daily benefits. Daily benefits. God daily loads you with benefits. The psalmist out of Revelation was speaking. He said, what shall I render unto God? Psalm 116 verse 12. What shall I render unto God for all his benefits? What shall I render? What shall I render? I mean, he's just simply telling you, if you are to pay him back, how much could you pay for all the benefit of God? And you are here debating 10%. What shall you give for all the benefit? The same place you, you slept and woke up. Others slept there and they didn't come back. The same road you took to work and came back. Others used it for the first time and they didn't return. The Bible said, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits? When Jacob was going, he made a vow. Genesis 28 verse 20. He says, if the Lord will be with me. Give me that scripture. Genesis 28 verse 20. He said, and Jacob vowed a vow. This is a vow of gratitude. If the Lord will be with me. And he will keep me in the way that I go. And will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on. He says, so that I come again to the house of God. And of all that the Lord shall give me, I will surely, somebody say surely. Surely, I will give tent unto him. Under the Old Testament, if God will keep me. If you look at this scripture, all the things the man talked about, we enjoy it month after Monday after day. We enjoy it if the Lord will keep me. God kept you. That's why you are here today. God kept you. And he will keep you to the end of a year. If the Lord will keep me in the way that I go. He said, and give me bread to eat. And clothing to put on. How many of us are naked? How many of us eat, eat? This month you eat. That's why you are here. He says, verse 21. He says, so that I come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord God shall be my God. And this stone shall be set up for. And all that you give me, I will give a tent unto thee. Gratitude. When Abraham went to war and came back, not many people go to war and come back. And you are not going to war. You think that uh, you are waiting for war. You are at war every day. You are at war every day. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. You don't know the wars that your business is standing in front you will not be debating God about your tithes. 
The kind of things that people are moving and doing against you that you are walking with your same head like this. I've said it too many times that it's risky to be natural in the supernatural world. It's risky to be what? To act naturally as if things just happen. Things don't just happen in the world. We live in a highly spiritualized world. And whether you know it or not, things are working against you. So if nothing is working for you, you end up frustrated and sabotaging life. Things are working against you consciously or unconsciously. We are perpetually at war. He said, for though we walk in the flesh, we, we are walking, you dress in the flesh, you walk in the flesh, you eat in the flesh, but there is war going on. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And most people don't know that your tight is a weapon. Your tight is what? It's a spiritual weapon that defends you against the attacks of the devourer. The same devourer is still around. The Bible said, the, 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 be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about, seeking those he may devour. You shall not be devour. I said, your life shall not be devour. Your health shall not be devour. Shout a believing amen. amen. Number two, the tithe. Every time you tithe, you demonstrate your knowledge of the difference between what is yours and what is God's. What is God's and what is yours? You see, it's important you understand that there is something that you owe to God that you need to give him. Jesus was speaking in Matthew chapter 22, verse 21. He says, and they reply, let's start from verse 20. Verse 20. And he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Verse 21. They said, Caesar's. There he replied. They replied, where then? Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to what? God's. Every time you try to demonstrate that you know what is God's and what is yours. A lot of people don't know the difference. And mind you, if you don't know the difference, it's no excuse. It's no excuse. If you are not able to distinguish between that which is yours and that which is God's, you will be a cheap casualty. You will not be a casualty. I said you will not be a casualty. The reason why we are where we are today and we have to need forgiveness and we have to die is because the first man could not tell the difference between what was his and what was God's. Adam, all the garden, every the tree, all the trees that are there, you can eat of them. But there is one tree, it belongs to me, don't touch it. Adam said, oh, the other trees are not nice. It is your own I, I want the 90% is not enough. I'm going to chop the 10%. You will chop. Uh, you will chop what? Pa! Adam chop until tomorrow men will die. And those things are still happening. The Bible says, all the tithe of the land. Leviticus 27 verse 30. All it belongs. He said, one tenth of the produce of the land, whether gray from the fruit, from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It must be set apart to him as holy. It belongs to him. So know what is yours and what is God's. May God give you understanding. Amen. I said may God give you understanding. Amen. God was bringing his children into the land of Canaan, a land of abundance, a land of plenty. He told them the first city you conquer, it belongs to me. Don't touch anything there. Achan says, who born you? 
How can I be a soldier? Go to war. And I will take the booties. And you are sitting here somewhere. He said, I should not touch it. He saw the Babylonian garment. And the silver and gold. His eyes went after it. And that was how his whole generation perished. You and your generation shall not perish. Shout a believing amen. amen. Listen, the blessing of God is generational. When God blesses you, it influences your generation and lineage. In the book of Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3, Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3, the King James says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighted greatly in his commandment. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Uh, the Bible is talking about you now. I said, wealth and riches shall be in your house. The lineage of Abraham are forever blessed. You can't curse Israel. The nation of Israel is untouchable. The whole Arabs can go to war. They will still survive. No nation has suffered under the hands of evil men like the Israelite nation or the, the, the Jewish nation. And yet they have survived every one of it. Why? The blessings of God are irrevocable. I see that blessing coming upon your life. Abraham was a generational titan. Isaac died. Jacob died. And the Bible said, if we be the seed of Abraham. You see, most of the time, when people are doing things, sometimes you are not seeing the physical results, but you are securing the future of your children. The Bible said the just man walks in his integrity. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 7. The just man walks in his integrity. And his children are blessed after him. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Some people are enjoying certain wealth today. It's not because of the ingenuity and the wisdom of the people who are enjoying it. It's because of certain sacrifices and investments that their parents made for them in the future. And one of such investments is spiritual investment. Number three. Every time you type, you demonstrate your reverence for holy things. Somebody say holy things. You, you, you need to have a lot of respect for holy things. Uzzah died before he came, became aware of holy things. Holy things are holy. Leviticus 27 verse 30. The Bible says, Yeah. All the tithe of the land, amplify, all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Somebody say it is holy. It is holy. And Proverbs chapter 25 gives us a stern warning about holy things. Proverbs. He said it is a snare. Somebody say it's a snare. So when some people are saying, oh, when if you eat the tithe, God will curse you and all of those things. People think, you, you set your... I remember about a, a couple of months ago, I think somewhere in February or so, there was this rat that was disturbing us in our house. Very big rat. When we eventually got it and we killed it, ah, the thing was big. It had eaten fat. But we will put a trap there. And by the time we wake up, mommy will be so annoying. The, the rat is gone. It, it, it will find a way to come and eat the thing. On the trap, it will not be caught. I'm telling you. <laughs> it went on. Listen, the rat had a way of running away from the snare, but he couldn't run forever. One night, 
in Cain. <laughs> Every day for a thief, one day for the master. Praise God. Caught it big. The Bible says it's a snare. Somebody says it's a snare. You know what a snare is? A snare is a trap. It's a trap to devour that which is holy. And yet, Bibian Yedi. Am I communicating here? Yeah. It's a snare. It's a snare. I can touch that which is holy on any generation. All of them, they stone them. Ewiakete. Uza. They said, if you are not a priest, don't come near the holy things. Uza said, ah, the ark is falling. I will touch it. God said, listen, uh, I come for you. Can't help me. I'm the most high God. Don't touch it. It's a holy thing. It's only for priests. Last week I was telling you, only the priests were permitted to touch anything in the temple. So if you are not, don't come close. I'm not the Old Testament. Uza touched it immediately. God killed him. Ananias brought money. He said, I've given this to God. It becomes holy. Anything you set apart for God becomes holy. And when he was delivering the thing, he said, ah, I think, ah, God cry. I don't think he needs all this money. Ah, what will he do with uh, 1,000? Let me just uh, give them uh, 900. After all, who knows? Forgotten that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, searching all the earth. God beholds everything that is going on. It's a snare. You will not be trapped. You shall not be trapped. Amen. Shout a believing amen. amen. Every time you tight number four, you demonstrate your reverence for holy things. Number four, you demonstrate that you are, you are a lover of God and not a lover of money. Somebody say, I love God. I, love God. I, don't, love I don't love money. I like money. I, like money. I, don't, love I don't love money. It is okay to like money because money can do a lot of things. But it is dangerous and spiritually suicidal to be in love with money. And most people who love money can give. One major reason why people can give is because they love money. And the Bible talks about it. First, Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. It is one of the cancers of the last days. He says, but this, know this also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Verse 2. He said, for men shall be lovers of what? Of themselves. Lovers of what? Money. A lot of people love money. So 10% is too much for them to give to God. They love money. Hear what Solomon, the richest man who ever lived, had to say about the love of money. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. He said, Ecclesiastes 5.10, amplify. He said, he who loves silver. Ecclesiastes 5.10. He who loves silver shall never be satisfied with silver. Nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. No amount of money will ever satisfy you. And you will never get enough. I see you having a lot of money. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10. Contemporary English version. It says, the love of money causes all kinds of what? Trouble. You will not be troubled. Let your aiming be loudest. Amen. You will not be troubled. He said the love of money causes all kinds of trouble. So people who want money so much that they have given up their faith and caused themselves a lot of pain. You are delivered from pain. Amen. Shout a believing amen. amen. Listen, nothing is as profitable as loving God. The Bible says all things work together for the good of them. That love God and are the called according to his purpose. He said, I have not seen nor yet, neither have it entered into the heart of men. 
The things which God has prepared for them that love him. So when you are in love with money, it looks like all is well. All is not well. Because there are a lot of things that will not work together for your good. When you are in love with money. But when you are in love with God, you can be guaranteed. That in the final analysis, you are coming out triumphant and victorious. Can I have a believing amen? amen? So every time you tithe, what you are saying is that, Lord, I present, I demonstrate that I love you more than money. Lovers of God must not be a chorus in your mouth. It must be a practical proof in your life. Lovers of God. Lovers of God. You are not a lover of God until you love God with your money. And the proof that you don't love money and you love God is your ability to part constantly with God's type. You shall not steal from God again. Amen. Number five. Every time you tie, you demonstrate your value for the blessing of the Lord. You demonstrate. A lot of people don't value blessings. They don't value blessings. I mean, sometimes people come to the office, I'm praying with them, and I'm pronouncing things for them, and they are not even saying amen. They don't value blessing. They don't value. And I'll teach on. I'll teach on working in supernatural blessings. How to connect with blessing. That's how come somebody can insult a, a gray-headed man who can be twice or three times his age and think that all will be well with you. Those people, they don't have to be born again. But when they call you blessed, you'll be blessed. The Bible says you should salute gray-haired people. You don't dishonor them. You must have a proper appreciation for blessing. Somebody say blessing. He said, bring ye all the tithe into my storehouse. That they may be meat in my house and prove me herewith. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out. Blessing. If you have value for the blessing, you won't contem contemplate whether or not to bring the tithe or not. When you value what the blessing represents. By the way, Proverbs 10, 22. He said, the blessing of the Lord make it what? Rich and ask no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow with it. You can be rich, but sorrows will be guaranteed. Attached. Attached to the fall of riches are sorrows. But when the blessing brings riches, it's sorrow free. Let me show you. First Timothy 6, verse 10. He said, the love of money is the root of all evil. Which was some coveted after King James. Have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with what? Many sorrows. So, this is how you can labor your way into riches. But when you labor your way into riches, without the blessing, you have to labor your way away from sorrows. But in this same scripture, verse 17, he says, charge them that are rich in the world. That they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Then he says that they may do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Oh. So when you are the type who, whose trust and hope and confidence is in God, and you demonstrate that by constantly giving God that which is his, God also makes sure that he doesn't just give you things, but he gives you all things to enjoy. You enjoy your life. Amen. You will enjoy your life. Amen. Shout a believing amen. amen. Listen, nothing compares to the blessing. Nothing compares what? 
No, no amount of degree can compare to it. You can get PhD. If you are not blessed, you still struggle. You can be in the market. 3 a.m. You will leave at 12 midnight. You will still not make sales up to 100 Ghana cities. If the blessing is not on you. The blessing makes all the difference. Abraham was an addicted titan. The Bible says Abraham was old. Genesis 24 verse 1. Well, stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed him in all things. I prophesy upon your life. You will be very old. You will be well stricken in age. And God shall bless you in all things. Shout a believing amen. amen. Shout a believing amen. amen. Old, we're stricken in age. The Lord bless him in all things. And you know how? The blessing manifested in riches. Verse 35. Genesis 30, 24, 35. The Bible says, and the Lord, this is Abraham's servant speaking to Laban. He said, the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And has done what? He's become what? Great. And he had given him flocks, heads, silver, gold. Your stocks shall increase. Your investments shall increase. I see you getting multiple streams of income. Vow the blessings of God. Silver, gold. Everywhere you turn. Number six. Every time you try to demonstrate your partnership with God. Listen. God is the greatest franchiser in the universe. God is the greatest I was reading an article about uh, McDonald's. And they said, in, in terms of franchise, it's the best company you can have a franchise in. Now, when, before you can get the franchise, there's a certain amount you pay to get the franchise. The franchise is the right to use your name to operate as a business and adopt their standard pr practices. That's the franchise. It's not that they are giving you any. And when you are getting the name, you pay some huge amount of money. Then afterwards, you'll be committed to McDonald's. 8% of your profit shall be committed to McDonald's for life. That's McDonald's. Listen. Now, how much? What, what, look at what God gives you. McDonald's gives you a name to trade in your business. God gives you life. Which makes every other thing relevant. God gives you strength. He said, thou shalt remember the Lord that God for it is he who giveth thee power to get wealth. You see, God does not just give you power to get wealth. He also gives you power to enjoy wealth. There's a difference between power to get wealth and power to enjoy wealth. There are those who gather wealth for others to enjoy. Solomon was speaking in Ecclesiastes chapter 6. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 and verse number 1. Ecclesiastes 6, 1. He said, there is an evil which I have seen under the heaven. And it is very common among men. It shall not be common among you. Amen. I said, it shall not be common in your house. Amen. He says, a man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wanted nothing for his soul, of all that he desired, Yet, he are not giving him the power to eat thereof. This is an evil disease. You are delivered from every evil disease. In the mighty name of Jesus. He says here, he says you can buy McDonald's franchise for somewhere between one million and two million dollars. Just getting the name. Plus eight percent of the gross sales of your business for life. 
20% of your gross business. You <laughs> gross profit from your business. For life! Well, you are bringing 10% to the one who gives you life. To the one who gives you intellect. To the one who sustains your life. To the one who takes care of you when you sleep and you snore. And uh, uh, demons are flying across. And you can't do anything about it. You are contemplating, should I do it on the gross or on the net? McDonald's charges 8% for life. Every time you drop your tithe, you come into partnership. You acknowledge God's partnership with you. I like what I saw in Psalm 30 verse 7 today. Psalm 30 verse 7. He says, you, O Lord, were my friend and you made me strong as a mighty mountain. When you hid your face, I was crushed. That's divine partnership. That's divine what? Divine partnership. Divine partnership. In fact, verse 5. Let's look at the, the New Living Translation from verse 6. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. I shall never. That's why some people can prosper and they think that God doesn't deserve anything. I have sweated for my money. Who is God? Who is church? That I should give something to church. A bunch of all these lazy people who don't want to work, they say God has called them. They say all kinds of foolishness. This is how it happened. He said, when I was prosperous, I said, nothing can stop me now. Then he goes to verse 7. He said, your favor, O Lord, made me secure as a mountain. Then you turn away from me. And I was shattered. You shall not be shattered. I said, you shall not be shattered. Shout a believing amen. But Papa, I've not been tightened and I'm not shattered. You don't know what's going on. You don't know. You are just on messy line. That's what is keeping you. Most of the time, you can tell when you are delivered from something. You don't know how much of it God did and you didn't see. Most of the time, the things we see, it deceives us. It makes us think that that's all we see. There's always much more. There's what? Always much more because if there are some things, if God makes you see it, you will die. What you have seen alone will kill you. So he delivers you from it without allowing you to see it at all. Every time you tithe, you acknowledge your partnership with God. Why? Because except the Lord, Psalm 127 verse 1 to 3. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Except the Lord keep watch over the city. He says, the watchmen work but in vain. It is vain to rise up early and to sit up late. And to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. It's not every hard worker that is making impact. It's a, it takes a blessing to make a difference. Number seven. Every time you tithe, you lay up treasure for yourself in heaven. These are significant reasons. Ten significant reasons why tithing is a must for you. You lay up treasure. You lay up. The Bible calls some people enemies of the cross. Whose God is your belly? Philippians chapter 3 verse 18. Philippians chapter 3 verse 18. Let's look at that scripture. He says, For many walk of whom, you will not be part of those many. For many walk of whom I have told you, and now I tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Who are the enemies of the cross of Christ? Whose end is their destruction? Whose God is your belly? Whose glory is in their shame? Who mind earthly things? You see, Titus mind heavily things. They mind the kingdom of God. They think about the salvation of souls. 
They think about getting the message of the gospel across the nations of the earth. They mind heavenly things, not earthly things. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, he said, lay up not. Somebody say, lay up not. Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up for yourselves. Don't. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Where moth and rust do corrupt, and where thieves break in through and steal. But, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust do corrupt, and where thieves do not break through. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 19. He says, First Timothy 6, 19. When he has finished, char- giving charge, he said, laying up in store for themselves. I think we should start from verse 17. It will help you. Charge them that are rich in the world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Then he says, when you do this, you lay up in store for yourselves a good foundation against the time to come. And then you also lay hold on eternal life. Now, this is why I was telling you that many people are going to hell holding on to money. Because a lot of people will not lay hold on eternal life. They lay up nothing. They lay up nothing. Laying up for yourselves a good foundation against the time to come. So, when a time of crisis comes, supernaturally God intervenes. Why? Because you are in partnership with him. And then decide that, he says, you are also laying hold on eternal life. Laying hold on eternal life. Seven. Every time you try to demonstrate your faith in God's ability to meet all. You demonstrate your faith in God's ability to what? Meet all your needs. Meet all your needs. Tithing is a covenant part we have with God. That commits him to meeting all our needs. It's a covenant part. He said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that they may meet in my house. And prove me herewith, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough. That there shall not be room enough to receive. Then when you go to verse 12, he said, you shall be called. All nations shall call you blessed. And you shall be called a delightsome land. When the Philippian church communicated with Apostle Paul concerning giving and receiving. He says, my God shall supply all your needs. Where most people get, forget is that your great, particularly those who love money to the extent that they can't touch, they forget that their needs are not limited to money. But when you give money, you come into a contact or a path with God where God becomes committed to supplying all your need according to his riches and glory. Money inclusive. But when you hold on to your money, what do you have? At best, you are left with money. And that money, even if you put it in the best of stocks, it can fail. Amen. Number nine, every time you try to demonstrate your obedience to God, which is a vital requirement for financial prosperity, you demonstrate your obedience. He said, bring the tithe into my storehouse that they may be meet in my house. Job 36 verse 11, he said, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Isaiah 119, he said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So, what you eat is a function of your obedience. I see you eating the good of the land. Number 10, you demonstrate that you are no longer a thief and therefore a worthy candidate for heaven. This is where non-titus may not make it to heaven. 
In this era of grace, anything you do, heaven is secure. One say forever safe. You will be surprised when you get there. You will be surprised when you what? You will be surprised. Look at where I read. I took from Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 verse 10. He says, let, let's go to Matthew before we come here. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. Lay not up for yourself treasures upon the earth. Where moth and rust do corrupt. And where thieves break through and what? Steal. So where do thieves, thieves go and steal? On the earth. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth nor thieves or rust ever can get access to. Now let's go to Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. And see what the Bible says. He says, will a man rob God? You are not a thief, you are a robber. A robber, robber is an armed thief. He's a dangerous person than thief. Thief, you may just take somebody's pen. That's a small thiefery. <laughs> but armed thief. Now, if somebody's pen can land you in hell, you took God's money and you should bring you there. Ah, a place where the streets are paved with gold. You spot the road. <laughs> you enter there. You think you meet Judas in heaven? You'll be surprised. Ananas and Sapphira. If you want to meet them, join them in hell, not heaven. Praise God. You don't steal from God and he will allow you access. So that you will steal your way from hell to heaven? No. If you are stealing from God and chopping your, his tithe, let me tell you. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28, God gives you a very good advice. He said, let him who steal, steal let him who stole, steal no longer. If you've been stealing to date, mercy is speaking for you as I'm teaching now. Don't steal again. Turn to your neighbor, I won't steal again. He said, let him not, he said, but rather let him labor, working with his own hands, the thing which is good. Ask your neighbor, have you stopped stealing? He said, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed. Stop stealing. Stop stealing. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, I know they, they have all kinds of deceptive interpretations for the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, whichever. But know this, he said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators. How many of you agree fornicators don't have a place? Fornicators, good. You agree, no idolaters, idol worshippers, adulterers, no homosexuals, no sodomites. Look at small 10% you chop. Look at the kind of people you have been grouped with. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very dangerous thing. You have been grouped with sodomites. Bible says you are not different from a gay. If you eat your tight, you are not different from a gay. When you steal, he said, neither nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor astonished, shall inherit the kingdom of God. You shall not be denied your place. I said you shall not be denied your place. How to tithe profitably. Six ways to tithe profitably. Number one, pay your tithe at your appointed place of worship. Pay your tithe at your appointed place of worship. That's where you should pay. Malachi said, bring ye the tithe into my stores that they may be meet in my house. The storehouse is the place where God has appointed for you to fellowship. It is wrong. It is an unprofitable way to pay your tithe. To be fellowshipping at a place and be sending your tithe somewhere. It's abomination. To draw the word of God. To draw pastoral care from a place. 
and be sending your tithe to one village, to one prophet somewhere. Some people come to church, receive word from here, draw spiritual nourishment from here. Then they set their tithe to some prayer camp. That's why it's not producing results. Because you are out of order. I'm telling you, that's why it's not producing. Let me show you how this thing works practically. Second Samuel 7 verse 10. He said, moreover, I will appoint a place. Pastor, should I not send anything to your prayer camp? You can send, but not your tithe. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You can send a seed there, not your tithe. He said, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And I will plant them there. And they shall, they will dwell in a place of their own and move them no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them anymore as before, as before time. Now come to Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 10 to 11. Let me show you. There's an appointed place with an appointed shepherd of God over you. But you will soon cross the Jordan River and live in the land the Lord your God is giving you. When he gives you rest from all your enemies and you are living safely in the land. Look at verse 11. What? You must bring everything I command you. Somebody say everything. everything. Your burnt offerings, your sacrifice, your tithe, your sacred offerings, and your offerings to fulfill a vow to the designated place of what? Can you see that? To the designated place of what? Worship. The place the Lord your God chooses to place his name to be honored there. That, that's the place. Come to 13 and 14. He said, be careful. I like this one. He said, be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings. Just anywhere. It's not anywhere that God is. It's not anywhere that you draw profitable returns from. A seed. You don't bring your tithe to me. I'm not the church. I've never received anybody's tithe. Bring it to church. Be careful. Don't sacrifice it anyway. You are free to bring me prophet offering. I'll receive it. Bless you. But don't, I tell people all the time. Every time somebody drops a seed in my hand, I ask him, is it for church or for me? Yeah. Because I'm ordained to receive offering. That is part of my ordination. Yeah, the Bible says, every priest is ordained among men to receive gifts from men. When you have revelation, when you enter your pastor's office and you are going, you will be dropping things. Meanwhile, if you met those other people and they told you, bring this, you will go and empty the account and bring because you have met a shepherd who fears God and will not want to take advantage of you. You want to take advantage of him. God forgive you. <laughs> the Bible said, don't offer it anywhere. Look at verse 14. He says, you may not, you may do so only, somebody say only, at the place the Lord will choose within one of your tribal territories. There you must offer your burnt offerings and do everything I command you. There's a place. That's what? That's a place. That's a place. Number two, pay it faithfully. Pay it what? You can't deceive God. You can't bring 9% and say it's 10%. God is smarter. Second Chronicles chapter 13, verse 31, verse 12. He said, Then they faithfully brought, they faithfully brought the in the offerings, the tithe, and the dedicated things. They faithfully. Second Chronicles. New King James, please. Then they faithfully brought in the offerings, the tithe, and the dedicated things. Somebody say faithfully. When you pay your tithe on your salary, pay the one on your tithe that runs for you also. Yeah. When you pay on your salary, pay the locums that you do on the side. Pay it faithfully. Somebody say pay it faithfully. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22. 
The King James says, thou shalt truly tithe. Somebody say truly. Thou shalt truly tithe all of the increase of thy seed. All. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20, a faithful man shall abound with blessing. But he that maketh his to be rich shall not be innocent. Number, number three, this is how you tithe to obtain the dividends that God has packaged for you. Now pay it promptly. Pay it what? That's why we've given you all kinds of avenues. Pay it promptly. Under the Old Testament, say anybody who delays, yeah, if you delay it, you will charge 20%. In addition, number four, pay it consistently. Don't start it after hearing this message now. Some of you, you have repented now. You will start it the next three weeks. The next one month, the next three months. May grace to be consistent come upon you. You see, every spiritual exercise only profits maximally. When you do it consistently for a long time. The Bible said, do not be weary in well-doing. Galatians 6 verse 9. Do not be weary in well-doing. Do you see that when you are doing something negative, you never feel get tired. You never feel tired. But when you are doing something good, you easily get tired. Do not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. That means if you faint, you shall not reap. And there are many who tithe and they say it's not working because they give up along the line. Sometimes a day to their breakthrough, they get tired and weary. You shall not be wearied. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, it said, be steadfast. Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of God. That's steadfastness. Be steadfast, always abounding in the work of your full labor. Ecclesiastes he said, in the evening, all that shall prosper. Five, pay it in faith. Pay it in what? The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do your tithe in faith. Do it in faith. The Bible says, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more acceptable sacrifice. By faith, we are told, Abraham offered Isaac. He who had received promises, offered up his only son. Being conscious of the fact that God was able to raise him up. Faith. Somebody say faith. faith. A lot of people can't tithe because they don't believe that God has capacity and is faithful enough to meet, meet all their needs. Faith. Do it. Faith. In faith. Not in fear. Number six. Do it in love. Do it in what? Love. Yeah. Do it in love. That's where you go beyond the tithe and you begin to do sacrificial givings. I told you last week, if you are really, 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 really a New Testament child of God who is under grace and enjoying grace, Titan is only the beginning. 10% is what? Only the beginning. I am not one of those who says don't bring the 10% because if you have not been faithful in bringing the 10%, I can't be sure you bring the rest. Yeah, if the 10% you are not consistent with it, Anything above it may be a challenge. So start from there. And as you start, grace to continue is released upon you. Amen. Lift up your hands and begin to speak to God. Speak to God. Speak to God. First, if you are stealing, ask God to forgive you. Lord, be merciful. Forgive me. 
ask God to forgive you. But if you are also, if you are also consistent in the practice already, if you are also inconsistent in the practice already, this time, ask God for grace to continue to the end. Ask God for grace to continue to the end. Open your mouth and speak to God. Somebody lift up your voice and pray. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Let your amen be loudest here. Lift up your right hand with me. God of mercy and grace. Today, we approach your throne of grace. Asking for grace and mercy upon everyone who in one way or the other has robbed you. We ask the Lord, mercy will speak for everyone. Let your mercy be extended to everyone. But tonight, this morning, having given us another privilege again, we ask the Lord you empower us with grace. Grace for consistent stewardship. Grace for faithfulness as stewardship. In the name of Jesus. And in this Thanksgiving service, as your set man and prophet over this assembly, I speak financial wholeness upon every financial talent. In the name of Jesus. Anything that is afflicting your finances. Any devourer assigned to you, your health, your business, your children, creating confusion all around. This hour, I decree your liberty is established. In the name of Jesus. For whoso the sun set free is free indeed. You are free for good. You are free for good. No more shall devourers have access to you. Welcome to your season of abundance. Welcome into your season of abundance. Welcome into your season of open doors. In the name of Jesus. So it shall be in your life. You are blessed. Jam your hands together for the Lord. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 020-422-5790 or 027-422-5790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8 a.m. fair service, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. second service, and on Tuesdays for our word encounter service, 6 to 8 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanaama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santase Runabout Kumase Ghana. God richly bless you. In one word, one word.